Yeah. Okay, everyone, are we ready to start? Yes. So I have a special treat um, that I brought here to share with you. Um, you can look at it. You could memorize it. But you can't take it. There are many copies of it. Can we buy one? No, no, it's not for sale. There's not any other place to buy it? No place in the world. What is it? Uh, oh, I'll tell you what it is. Okay, so this this past week my brother and I were in we're in we're in New York. Um, we were doing some trying to trying to do some fundraising. And uh, my dad has a safe that has all the unpublished manuscripts of his dad. Of my grandfather. The gray one, yeah. Now there's like 35 unpublished manuscripts. He, 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 currently, we have about we have about 12 or 13 published works. Then there's the unpublished works, and then there's the forbidden section, and that's where I went. <laughs> forbidden. Well, of course you did. Yes. Uh, why is it forbidden? I'll tell you. I'll tell you why it's forbidden. Yes. Forbidden. <laughs> So I what found this book. Okay, the book has this is the cover of the book. I made a copy. Of, I made a copy of the entire book, every page. It was weird because it was bound with a like with, you know embossed with the title, uh, but inside it was all it was all handwritten. It was all the actual handwritten handwritten works. Um, all in Hebrew. All in Hebrew. In Hebrew. Okay. Now. The title is Ma'amar HaSechel, which means in English, the essay of the intellect. Sechel is the intellect. And you open up the first page, and this is written uh, exactly 55 years ago, uh, between Cheshvan and Teva. So 55 years ago, 19... Uh, what would 57? that be? 1957, that would be. Wow, um, I was born then. And, <laughs> and why is it forbidden? It's forbidden because if you look at the top left corner of the opening page, he writes three words. Eino ra'uy letfus. Do not publish. Wow. And you open it up, and it has these two sections of the book. And he talks all about the intellect from like a very, uh, from ancient Jewish philosophical wisdom standpoint. And it is fascinating. I started reading it, uh, and it's fascinating. And from my brother tells me, oh, could you teach at Shalom on machshavan, thought, or intellect? I'm like, heck yes. <laughs> and look, I have new material. <laughs> No, I actually only, I only started it recently. I only got it last week. I mean, I went to Staples and made copies of each page. So and, the fact uh, that you have copied it, yeah, published it. No, I didn't publish it. Well, funny. It for you. It's funny because all the, like, it came out pretty well, like, in the copy machine. Yeah. But these three words are a little blurred. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know what that, I'm saying, I can't read what it says there. <laughs> So no longer says do not publish. In the original, yes, you can read it in the intro. That's how we know what it says. So maybe he, uh, maybe he made it come out white <laughs> so it no longer says do not publish. I don't sit there. I can't read what it says. <laughs> <laughs> Conveniently? <laughs> yeah. You're both I actually, huh? You're both I actually, um, I, I made copies of two other books, two other uh, um Two other from the forbidden section. One of them is like a broad uh, treatise 
on on uh, on prophecy. Like an introduction and from you know a treatise from every different angle on prophecy. And the next one, which I just started, which is fascinating, uh, is a kuntris, which is like a a pamphlet or like a group of essays on tzniut. Tzniut is a hard word. Modesty is not the right translation for it. It means it means living an internal life, like building your internal world that he talks about there. Fascinating stuff. He talks about there's an external world and there's an internal world. And the internal world is something that you don't share with anyone. It's it's just it's 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 you and only you have access to that world. You don't share with anyone else. Prophecy. And that's it's a spiritual world that you have within you within yourself. Um, mm-hmm. This is we're so we're so used to like taking everything that we have and like broadcasting it to the world. Uh, but he describes there um, the the esoteric idea of of modesty, but not not modesty like in in dress or in language or in external things, but modesty in, in like intellectual, in the intellectual realm. Very fascinating. Um, of that I made only one copy because I saw, as I was copying, I'm like, oh, oh gosh, this is forbidden. I'm like, I'm making one copy for myself. Well, because yeah. well, I wasn't, no, he wants it, he could borrow it for me. <laughs> or if I let him. I just, I just thought it was a little bit sensitive material. So I said, I'm making one copy. That's it. You want it? Why Go find the safe. Mind? Open the safe. You get the original mind. yourself. Make copies yourself. Well, truthful. I'll tell you the truth. Be told. When my yeah, when my grandfather was ill, uh, he was ninety years old. He had cancer. He was really sick, and uh, but he was still at, at home. And we had like a round robin, a rotation of different grandchildren would stay with him overnight because he, he, you know, if my grandmother would tend to to him overnight, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be able to sleep. So when I was there, I walked. I was there and he was sleeping. So it was over. And it was like two in the morning, and I sat down with all the manuscripts. Like there's like he had like this massive closet with all these, and I just went through it. I went through all the stuff. I had such an urge to like take some stuff. No, this is just a copy, not the yeah, original. Yeah, but where did you mean while you were at the vault, there was a copy machine nearby, and you copied No, no, right no, there, no. no this is this is last week. This is last week. The other episode is what six, seven years ago, um, during the final half year of his life, and I was there, and I. Uh, I went through and it. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of stuff. I think were siphoned away. I don't know who took what or where all the stuff are, but like, you know. So you took stuff out of the closet. I didn't take anything out. I wanted to. Truth be told, I'm not going to deny it, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. But from what I remember, there was a lot more stuff than what I saw in my father's safe. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out where the rest of the stuff are. Uh, maybe some people didn't overcome their urges and didn't have the self control that I did. Have you discussed that? Uh, it's a sensitive topic. It's a sensitive well, let's topic. Let's call your brother right now. Get him on the phone. <laughs> I'll, I'll take. I'll take what I can get. What did you take? See, a lot of people. There's a lot of different objectives that people have with this. Um, objectives or objections? Objectives. Objective. Me, it's the information. I want. I want the, everything published, or whatever can be published, be published in the most beautiful, efficient, organized manner possible. I'm not making any money off it. 
Um, so I, that's not part of my objectives. I don't, you know, I don't care what the price points they sell it at and what, how they publish it and whatever. That's irrelevant to me. All I want is to have my free copy and to be able to, you know, learn, study, and uh, you know, just to see what kind, you know, the, you know, the Torah of my grandfather to to have it disseminated to the world. That's it. Um, so that's why I didn't, uh, you know, these things would be very, very, very valuable to a lot of people, um, like the originals. Anyhow, so that's what I wanted to show you. This is, is specifically because we're talking about the intellect. We're talking about, um, from what I understand, my brother started talking about that last week, and he told me to, to continue it. I don't know what he said, uh, but I, I, and I'm, I don't, I don't, you know. But the book on Sneyut. Huh? The book on Sneyut. Yes. How, when did you copy it, and how did you copy it? I made a copy of it this past Wednesday in Staples in uh, Nanua, New York. So the, the thing you copied it from, where is it? I put it back in the safe. So did you let the family know you were... Oh, well, my father gave me the key to the safe, so... Okay. so it was I told him I'm making copies. with so. his blessing to... Yeah, 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 yeah. But this, I already have someone I'm going to learn this with. So wait a minute. So, so there's nothing you, wrong with sharing your... Yeah, it says don't, do not publish. It doesn't say don't okay. learn. Was, so, uh, and I'll, and if, he, if he didn't want anyone to read it, he would have just gotten rid of it. Right. So sharing the information is acceptable, but not publishing. Publishing means because he doesn't want making it public. Mass distribution of sensitive esoteric material was. Uh, so you took it off the premises in order to go to Staples, and then you went back. Yeah. Yeah. So the last we just was wisdom. Was wisdom. Was wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, wisdom or thought? Was it wisdom or thought? I have this cartoon for you. Okay. Oh, a cartoon for me? Uh-huh. Uh, what are those minutes doing? Uh, <laughs> clever. Can I see? Okay, so um, I don't know what my brother said. I'm going to say what I said, and I'm trying to make it as practical, practical as relevant, uh, as useful as possible. Now, it's going to be difficult because, as we know, the thought or the ability to think or the power of intellect, call it what you want, is the most sublime of all abilities that we have. What differentiates us from animals, primarily, is the fact that we have, we have intellect. And you'll ask me, Rabbi, someone once told me that the difference between humans and animals is that we have free will. Not that we have intellect. So the answer is, we're both right. The reason why we have free will, the reason or the nexus of the challenges that we have in our lives is due to the fact that we have intellect. Let me spell this out for you. Every time that we have a challenge, a conflict, a free will choice, uh, an ability to choose one way or the other, it's always a result of a conflict between intellect and emotion. Better said, it's a conflict between long-term goals and short-term goals. Let me, let me say what, what that means. So you want to, you're on a diet, you want to lose weight, right? You want to be fit. But you also want uh, ice cream and chocolate bars. So first of all, um, we have to understand what that means. Well, what, what do you want? Do you want this or do you want that? How is it possible to want two things which, which, are, which seem to be in conflict with each other? Is that a fair question? 
If I want to lose weight, but I want to eat ice cream, what does that mean? You have to choose. No, but, but what do I want? Well, you could want both. One is a short-term No, but they're, they're in conflict. They're one in conflict. Is a, one is an immediate short-term pleasure, and the other is a <coughs> goal. You still want both, regardless. Yeah, you still want both. Because conflict or not, you, you want, want both. both. Okay, but um, but uh, well, you're, I think what I think what I think what what, what the uh, consensus is is that you want both, or you can want both, and that's fine, and they're not in conflict, or they are in conflict. What are we saying? It's choices, it's decisions. Yeah. Okay, but what do I want? But you could want both. You, I'm and, you could, and if if your long term goal is to lose weight. So when you're sabotaging, then you're well, sabotaging. Well, maybe you're not. Yeah. Maybe you have to work out. Maybe you have to work your diet so you could have it. So you're saying is to try to have a balance. Yeah. Try to have a balance. But I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to go, I'm trying to go to the to the to the um to the structural. Uh, ha- yeah. What makes me want this and what makes me want that if they're in conflict? How can I want two things which which don't seem to go well together? Before the balancing act, before uh, before we come around and say, okay, I have a solution. You could have this and have that, and they're not, they're not in conflict. But when they're in conflict, right? How is it possible to want two things which are which 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 are which are opposites? Okay, so you're saying like what part of you want to die would be intellectual because you know it's healthy, but the ice cream's Exactly, exactly. It seems that when we want things, they're not necessarily from the same place. You could want something from, let's say, an intellectual standpoint, and you could want something from an emotional standpoint. Your soul could want something, and your body could want something. Your soul could want meaning. Which may mean spending a af- uh, Sunday afternoon uh, with the uh, Salvation Army, uh, ringing the Salvation Army bell, but your body may want to watch football, right? So you'll have two things that you want to do, um, uh, but they they can't possibly both both coexist because they're in conflict. So we have uh, intellectual versus emotional. We have body versus soul. We have um, long term versus short short term goals. This is what we describe as being free will. Having, um, being governed by two opposing uh, forces. I'll give another example to this. Um, we have something called instinct, and we have the ability to go beyond, against, on top of the instinct. We could want to, like in our example, you're on a diet. Intellectually, long-term goal, you want to be fit, you want to be healthy, whatever, right? You want to lose weight. Um, so therefore, you see the chortle bar, you want the chortle bar. Instinctually, your body's telling you, give me the chortle bar. Your intellect or your long-term goals enable you to overcome, to supersede, to say no to your instincts, I mean, this is a uniquely human phenomenon. When we have instincts, and we're able to control them, we're able to limit them, we're able to mitigate them, we're able to deny them. That's a uniquely human phenomenon. This is part of the, it's part of the same idea. And I'll, uh, I'll say this in the flip, in the, in the, you know, in, in, in the reverse of this, so the, the inverse, or the converse, whatever. Someone tell me what it is. It's not a converse. It's not a converse. <laughs> What one of the most basic human instincts is that of survival. Humans will do almost anything to survive. 
See, when, 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 when uh, you know, God forbid, people are put into situations where their life is endangered, they'll do unbelievable things to survive. We you know the, the flight versus fight. Familiar with that idea? How, how uh, instinctually we're able to mobilize or direct all our energy uh, when, we, when, when, we come a, when we come to a point where our survival is at risk. You know, we've all seen those YouTube clips, or maybe we haven't, but some of us have, um, where you see, like, the mom picking up, like, the car mm-hmm. because, like, her baby's there, right? Where does she get that ability from? Because instinctually, we're wired that if there comes a point of we need to survive or our children need to survive, we'll do crazy things. We're able to take all the energy from the rest of our body and just focus it all on... On, uh, on, on whatever task it is that we need to survive. Plus adrenaline. Mm-hmm. But where's the adrenaline from? That's all wired in the, in, instinctually. We're all wired to do that instinctually. Now, important point here. Animals are no different. Instinctually, animals are no different. They're also wired to survive. They're wired to save, to, to protect, their, protect their young, protect their kin. Right? They're exactly like us. Uh, um, we're exactly like them, more precisely, uh, when it comes to survival or instinctual survival. The way that we're different is that we as humans can indeed choose, can indeed choose to not want to survive. We can jump off bridges. We can commit horrible crimes and then shoot ourselves. We can do it, right? The human being on one hand, is, 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 ab- is able to overcome their instinct for a good way, for a good purpose, to lose weight, for example. We have control, we have, we have self-control. Conversely, inversely, whatever, versely, we're able to overcome our instinct in a bad way as well. Our instinct tells us to survive. We're able, through our decision-making ability, to go against that and kill ourselves. Once again, a uniquely human phenomenon. That sounds irrational. That sounds irrational? Yeah. That what? Well, I, I think if the, if the survival instinct is strong, and let's say, you know, we, can, we learn how to survive, uh-huh. and it comes across, then when you're saying that somebody goes against that and does it as an example, would be that shooter, I think is a perfect example. But people commit suicide every single day. But... When you analyze the, the motivation for it, a lot of people would come to the conclusion that it was an irrational decision. Only it's by your system. Only by yeah, your system. I, I, right. Yeah, I would have, yeah. Likewise, in terms of getting into the concept of free will, I think because of certain contingencies, not everybody has equal access to making free will. As an example, if you've been traumatized, and and then they keep on using this all the time in these um, you know these recent shootings. That that that's going to have an effect on some other decisions you might make or how you might experience that negative kinds of instinctive behavior. So you know even even without that as an analogy, I have difficulty with the concept of total free will. I think in a good environment in a healthy environment, when you're given two choices. And you could think it through, and there's not a gun to your head or a lot of other garbage that's into your head. I think the concept is fine, but when it gets 
I think what you're describing, I think what you're describing is what's called as um, the the point of free will. I'm familiar with that idea. Um, that there's like a sliding scale of free will. Um, and what you're describing is like some people, if you grew up in a crime-riddled right. environment, your free will is to like just snatch the purse and don't kill the person, right? right? Mm-hmm. That's your point of free will. Where, where that's where the good and evil meet in your in your life. It means it means there's no you don't have the free will to well should I spend the afternoon with the Salvation Army people or watch them? That's that's not like you're not you're you're because you're socially or conditionally or circumstances you're wired to be evil. So don't be. More evil than than necessary. But if you grew up in, let's say, a different kind of a different kind of family, that wouldn't be your your point of free will. Uh, but Rabbi, I, I hear what you're saying about different points of where you decide between good and evil. But there's another thing that I hear her describing, which is a person who has uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome may feel his survival is threatened by, th- by things that nobody else would even dream of thinking was a survival question. That if somebody gets angry at you, you feel... Okay, so let's... let's I, was, I always, always try and to so limit... Let's, let's, let's try to limit... Instantly, let's, try, let's try to limit the conversation to, to normal, healthy people. And we know that normal health people have done wherever things. They are. <laughs> wherever they are. That's not wherever me. They are. So you're saying this. I'm saying people that aren't. Oh, with regards to that, that previous point? The, the point is not. not I, might, I might be here, but she might be here. Yeah, exactly. 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 It means where the point of. Um, where the point bets that, that this is the previous point. Uh, there's some things that you for sure won't do. Like to you, like you're really going to go. Uh, are you really going to go into a hospital and start, uh, I don't know, slicing the throat of dead of, of, of babies born in Shari Tzedek? You oh, won't do that, right? That's that's way too evil, and you're not even considering it. Um, are you going to go to Africa and spend the rest of your life tending to, sit, to, to kids with malaria? Probably not. That's not really your point of challenge. Your point of challenge is somewhere is some the the point where where, where you have a difficulty. You have a struggle between what do I do? Do I do this or do I do, I do that? Is your point of, of free will? It's where uh, it, it's where it's at the point where the evil or the bad or the negative decisions are within reason. You may do that, and the good is also within reason. So, a person who um, has a terminal illness and they're still rational, okay, and, and, and they decide that they're going to um, take their life before they put their family through the pain and misery and pay for doctors' fourth houses and 15th uh, Mercedes. So they decide that. Um, so you're talking about euthanasia? I know, I'm talking about a person. Uh, yeah, but I'm not, I wasn't even thinking about people helping. I'm talking about just a person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taking, care yeah. Taking care of it themselves. Taking care of it themselves. So that, well, it is yeah. for, for some people. Right. They think that. Absolutely. So, so um, that would be uh, a, a, the point of free will to make in making that decision. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, I had I had cousins, aged cousins. They were in their nineties, and they were both getting old and didn't want to be a burden to the kids. And they wrote this incredible three-page letter to their children. Very oh sensitive, caring. Unbelievable, and they, but but they, they both. It's funny because but actually, with regards to 
your question has a lot more to do with the halachic implications. That's much more of an important point than the means. If you know you're going to die and you're just suffering, or if you know that your parent or your, your relative is going, to, is going to die for sure, and its question is, will they die now or will they die with um, you know three or four days or three or four weeks of pain and suffering? So you may have the obligation to uh, to let them to let them die. What I mean by that is, you can't kill someone, even if you kill someone who's about to die. Like the Talmud says, if you close the eyes of someone who's dying, you're basically, you're a murderer. That's it. You're a murderer. Because you, you took, you, you separated someone's soul and body. You did the final did nail in the coffin, so to speak, um, to kill the person. But, your example, the way like kosher euthanasia, mm-hmm. and don't quote me on this, but kosher euthanasia is, yeah. is when someone is terminally ill, someone's, you know, Needless suffering, needless pain, right? Uh, we want, obviously, to minimize the suffering, but we can't kill someone. Um, so there's, there's creative solutions how, how to do that. When, uh, well, no, no, that's not that. that Which may be acceptable. I'm going to say acceptable. Which means like this. Um, let's say withholding, withholding treatments. Means, additional yeah. morphine. Means, no, 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 additional morphine, that might kill someone. We can't do actions that will kill someone. But if but one yeah. does but it, but what we can't do. But my point is not about somebody doing this. It's There's no difference. You yes, you have no because it's about the Say from halachic standpoint, there's no difference because because you have no right to kill yourself. Okay. Like clearly across all classical Jewish sources, it says suicide is murder, just like murder is murder. It's the same thing. You have no right. You can't say, "Oh, it's my life. I'm gonna do whatever I want." That's not. A, that's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long as Hashem's saying you're living, you have no right to say, "Oh, I'm gonna." Um. What if you refuse to eat? No. So the way they used to do it, for example, um, in hospitals, you have someone who's terminally ill that has an, an oxygen tank. Now it's all through the wall. Like it's no, there's no tanks anymore. Mm-hmm. But it used to be they would give they would give oxygen tanks. The oxygen is done. You have to pl- replace it with a new tank. Now, you can't take an oxygen tank. Well, you can't take it. You can't take an oxygen tank and pull it out of the, the patient. But if the oxygen tank is depleted, maybe you won't have to replace it with a new one and let, let them die that way. Who's the you? You as in, as in the practitioner or the... Uh, I mean, that's passive euthanasia. As path, passive euthanasia. I don't know how... How did we spin off talking about euthanasia? See that? I asked well, talking I was about talking about free will. Decisions. I was talking about the point yeah. of free will. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I know. Talking. I just like I just like saying, "Wow, we're talking about thought into mm-hmm. that euthanasia, right. passive versus active." Anyhow, um, but uh, but but you, so you're saying that 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 some, someone choosing to your point is that someone choosing to um, someone choosing to go against their survival instinct may indeed be a rational choice. Agreed. See, I, I guess I'm, uh, I think that, the, the, you know, when you're talking about the kid who, or the person who grew up in a crime uh, uh, environment, yeah. and that person decides to steal rather than to murder, yeah. or to, to steal and not steal and murder, okay? You know, so then that, that made me think about that, that uh, the point of free will is culturally uh, decided. It's or, or influence, in, influence. Influence. Because because, if you think, so then I thought about that, and then I was thinking about Eskimos. 
So Eskimos, when, um, when someone is old and they're no longer functional, then it is the custom. They have a ceremony with the person. They put the person on an ice floe. The person just dies from um, freezing to death. It's a very, it's not painful, it's slow. And, uh, it's not painful, it's slow. <laughs> that it, sounds it, like no, very no, painful. You, you, you just go to sleep. You go to sleep. You go to shock, you go to sleep, it's over. Okay, and, and that, it, but it is acceptable to the community. It's part of their religious belief, it's part of what they have to do because their society cannot tolerate having people who cannot uh, function. They can't travel, they can't, they can't produce uh, uh, work for whatever it is for the community. So it's part of their culture. And I think that what we're, what the, so the point, where we come to a point of free will, like the person you were talking about, the shooter, you know. Well, that shooter had a rationale for why he was shooting all those people. It may not be what we think is acceptable by our terms, but in his terms, it so makes sense. That's what I'm sense. saying. Intellectually, he was convinced yeah. that it's it made sense, it's rational, it's acceptable for him to take his own life, even though that's against his instinctual mm-hmm. um, instinctual orientation. Well, I would say. I mean, you could say a couple of things. A dog will sit at the grave of its master forever until it dies, and that sounds counter-instinctual. What? But remember, remember, if all dogs do that, that's the instinct. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the point. But you said animals can't go against. Well, you have. You have the scorpion, for example. Scorpions surrounded by fire will kill themselves. But all scorpions surrounded by fire will all kill themselves because they're all—that's their instinct. That's the point. The point is not, oh, well, oh dogs, dogs kill themselves. The point is that instinctually they all do the same thing. But all humans, they all do different things because we have not just, it means if we were just instinctual, we would all do the same things. Right, you know, so if, if you say if you say dogs go, go to their master's grave, then, some. then some, oh, they're saying some. Yeah, yeah so those ones that do are countering. See, you could say to some extent free will is a luxury. Mm -hmm. I mean, from the way we're describing it now. Or you could say that that, that, yeah, that that child (laughs) in the ghetto who has a propensity (coughs) for crime and doesn't do it is actually exhibiting better traits. That's what we said. That was that that point that we... we, I mean, you could look at it. it, It's a a very fluid kind of concept. (coughs) I have trouble putting... Is it, is it 
and I, it's a, it's to me, it's a very, very complex, mm. you know. But my specific point, if it's, we said we talked about a lot of different things, but I think the one point, the one takeaway point that I wanted with this idea, was that humans are influenced by more than just instinct. That that's that's the takeaway point. That I think everyone agrees. So call it what you want. You know, is the intellect all humans? All humans. There's different levels of intellect, but it means that we're not just instinct. We have the ability to do above the instinct. We can control the instinct. We can go against the instinct. We have. We we have. We're, we're dominated by more than just instinct. We and. I think, like Denise said as well, I think the environment, the environment and the culture. Yeah, yeah. You go to different cultures and it'll be different. Yeah, yes, agreed. Well, and, and, and just building on all of that, even your example of the scorpion, which um, lower order creature, uh, but if you take uh, the current brain research, again, like, like, like what we've been talking about, you know, a lot of our behaviors and responses and the way we're perceiving and interpreting our world is a mix of genetics, um, and I would say the the scorpion. There's an inbred, you know, trait in there that that eat, you know, get get, get out of How it. Does the scorpion uh, or, but anyway, whether yeah. a le- lower order or a higher order uh, thinking person has other responses to stuff that are built in, and then you've got the environmental that Max is talking about, and and all of that is shaping our perception. So free will within what framework is a very big question within right. it. Right. That's well said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I want to say one final point is that ironically, humans are physically the least gifted of all animals. Like proportionate to our size, um, we're the least gifted physically. No No nothing. Right. We have, we have no... We have guns. Well, we have guns, but that's, that's a result of our intellectual prowess. We have, well, I'm saying, the reason why we rule the world is because we invented things like airplanes and, and uh, firearms. Yeah. Uh, we invented those kind of things like, uh, because of our intellect. But uh, it's ironic that the most advanced, uh, gifted, uh, able animal, humans, are physically the least gifted. Physically the least gifted. And also the only ones that have verbal communication. Uh, yes, yeah, so... The well, that's not really true. Well, yeah. Because, they, not in terms well, of, but, but it's not really true. Well, it is... Uh, no, there's groups of animals that do have communication. You have languages, like elephants and wolves. They have language. They can communicate by sound and uh, by... By not just sound, but by um, movement. Actually, there was a there's a story in the Talmud about this guy who knew how to talk to birds. Mm-hmm. Strange, he knew how to communicate with birds. But I think what I what I mean is that <laughs> I think what I, I think what I, what I meant to say with verbal communication is that we could, you know, speech. I think it's more organized verbal communication. We could, you know, if we were birds, we'd figure out a way to talk to humans. You know, you know what I'm saying? Well, I think it's a legitimate question to bring back to to your topic, <laughs> uh, I, and I think it's 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 a legitimate uh, qu- uh, question to give interpretation to exactly what free will means, yes, and and and, and what the determinants really are, and within what framework the person is morally obligated for certain decisions that they make. 
you know, and able to act on them. And I mean, I'm very, I mean, there's all the court cases, but I think morally that that's the issue. And I think you've raised an, an important issue looking at, you know, the, the, the options available. And, and I, what I'm hearing is all the questioning is, but what in co does free will mean? And, and to what extent are people bound by their perceptions of what free will and their options are? So the the reason why I brought in free will, just just uh, to clarify, was because free will demonstrates the importance of 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 honing, of using, of exercising our intellect, because this this demonstrates how how big of a part intellect or the intellectual realm or all the realms besides for the physical and the instinctual, how big of a part they play in our lives. So you could say you say me a rabbi. Um, <coughs> Why is it important to learn about the intellect? What's the importance of it? I'll say, oh, the reason why it's important, because as demonstrated by the discussion about free will, intellect plays a very important part in our lives, or the intellectual realms do play a important part. Well, that, that's why I brought it up. helping us make decisions as to what in, we and then, do. Everything, in everything. Step, that, that, that's part of who we are. We're proposed of physiologically. Responsibility. So the distinction is that the animal kingdom doesn't take responsibility for their actions. Their actions come out of thought. But that's a result of, of their free, free will. will. Because they're just instinctual. So that's one of the differences. or That's, that's the outcome, is humans take, have the opportunity to take responsibility for whatever happens in their life. Animals don't. Right. But I don't want to ignore that question, because once we brought it up, free will, I think it's important to address it. So I, I think the most important point is, uh, is that uh, we do indeed take into account everything, um, Everything, all the circumstances, all the, uh, all the, everything, everything, everything is determined, and that all, um, that that all brings um, to a certain point of where a person's holding in this, you know, in the in the scale of life, so to speak, um, and where their decision points of good and evil, of their moral choices, um, where does that lie? When we're not talking about free will, we're not talking about like, oh, chocolate or vanilla. Hey, I don't know. Let me choose. What do I want? That's not a moral choice. Uh, you know, that's that, that's 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 not a choice. We have to say, well, you know, what's 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 right and what's wrong, what's good and what's evil. Free will is free will is, is the point is the point in point in life where or the point in time or in ideas where the good and the and and the bad mix, and you could go either way, and you as an individual have to choose from all the from all the opposing forces or, or influences. What are you going to do? Including paying the price in your culture or society. Mm -hmm. As an example, not all, let's say if you look at tribal cultures, the concept of free will is not within the individuals, within the group and the group right. leader. So you're in general. And, you know, yeah, but let's say someone uh, deviates from the group, that, they get punished. Well, why? Because they, they chose to deviate. And we recognize that if you, we all recognize the idea of, 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 of of punishment, of reward and punishment. Everyone, all humans understand that. Why? Because we understand that instinctually or uh, intuitively we understand that there's something that when you do bad, you chose to do bad, therefore you deserve, you deserve punishment. And if you live Means in a law... We, we understand, oh, if someone does a crime, they should be punished, they should go to prison, they should be fined, they should, they should be shot at, right? We all understand those ideas so we can argue about how severity, but everyone, everyone agrees that crime begets 
is deserving of punishment because we understand that crime didn't have to be crime and there was a choice to, to do crime. And you had the ability to choose not to do crime. You chose to do crime and therefore you, you'll be punished. No one, says, no one says, oh, this person did this crime but they were just so compelled to do it because we understand that there is, we have choices and if you make a choice, you have to live with the consequences. But like most Alcorn of us about. refrain from stealing, not because we think we're going to get caught and go to jail, but because we've been taught that it's wrong okay. and we don't want to so, be caught. So, so, okay, but let's say you do get right. caught. If someone does get caught stealing, so they have to pay the price. Because, specifically because, um, they had the ability to, to choose not to do so. So you'll say, well, Rabbi, what about kleptomaniacs? Uh, people that compulsively... Right. S- compulsively. Well, so our society, our society is 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 not. So I don't I don't know I don't know exactly. I'm not a, a mental health professional, so I don't really know what a kleptomaniac feels. And um, well, it's a they are out of control, but they're still they're still held responsible for. The they're crime. still right. Exactly, our society. Because they're human. They're responsible. Right. Our they're society they does, not it, does not distinguish does not distinguish between. Right. Where a person is coming from, we just look at the results. But there's four kinds of people: um, those who say what's mine is mine, and what's yours is yours, and and so on. And one of them is the fourth kind of person is what's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. And there might be people who really believe Lose. that, and so they just take whatever they want because they don't understand the whole concept of ownership. Yeah, but again, humans, humans, are accountable and responsible for their actions and their thoughts to themselves. That's the distinction to me between a human and an animal. It's all about, I don't mean blame or guilt when I say responsibility. I mean, they create whatever happens in their life. And an animal, they have choice there. It's very hard for us as a society to determine what exactly, where exactly that person is. I mean, it's, it's quite possible that physiologically a kleptomaniac is unable to contain himself from stealing. It's possible. But as a society, we just make a blanket rule. You steal, you get punished. That's what we do. As humans. I have, as a society. As a society. But I'm saying... How's it going to get a good lawyer? I know someone, I know someone um, who used to, uh, used to stay by my parents' house. He was like a poor orphan from Israel. Um, and he ended up somehow by my parents' house. And he was a kleptomaniac. And he stole from the pushkey. And he stole from J.C. Penney. Oh, and he stole and stole and keeps on stealing. Now he's in prison. He's getting out in like 25 days mm-hmm. from his latest, uh, his latest run. And he says, I, if I see someone else's things, if I see Al's phone, I just cannot stop myself from taking it. Just you pay the it. bill, keep it on. <laughs> well, let me... Let me, let me he, he's un- he claims that he's unable to refrain from stealing. But... He's in prison because our society says if you steal, you go to prison it's not an or excuse, you get punishment. It's an explanation. Mm-hmm. Just like the but woman who was right. abused and then kills her husband, uh, murder is wrong. You can't kill your husband, but it's an explanation for, well, she reached a point in her emotional state where she was no longer able to make the choices you and I make every day. But society can't make was, that distinction. Well, let me... Let so me saying, so the way... The way they've made new laws because the society has decided it's so prevalent, the distinction is important. Mm-hmm. So it's important in some places, not in others. Yeah, and but when it comes to I'm saying, abuse, but any, any outsider 
I cannot really know what someone else is going through. Uh, only God knows. So, therefore, the way we treat people, or the way God or a person should treat himself, is different. Because we can't possibly know what really... We are really on the, on the sliding scale of free will where they're holding. Do they really have a choice? Let, I mean, let that me. person who grew up in the ghetto, like we said, they, they cannot say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, li- I'm, not, I'm living a crime-free life. They can't say it. Maybe. Right? Okay, but, but they could choose what kind of crime to what we're on the crime scale to do. So their free will choice may be to to steal and that may be a mitzvah for them. To, to get this a little off center and give another perspective, we're we're being individually centered in terms of the individual who commits the I'll just call it any social act, whatever it is. And uh, the other Another, the other players, and as individuals, where we have a chance to express our free will, is for I'm thinking of like court cases where a juror is is on a jury and is morally confronted with the behavior of this person, which might have a lot of different factors that affect it, and they in turn have the responsibility to make a judgment on on uh, what the, the punishment or the uh, uh, treatment of that person would be. So that's another dimension of humans looking at taking their free will, and the free will in this case of the juror, to appraise and to evaluate uh, someone else's behavior and decide if it's within what they consider acceptable limits. So, I mean, it's it, not all just, there's a, there, that's, there's a collective it ultimately ends up a collective voice of people making those decisions as well. But jury and court-wise, it has to be according to the law. According but that's to the law. Blurry. It's very blurry. No, totally. Well, and then the laws no, get no, 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 no. Yes, but and you have to make a decision according to the law, not what you think, not what you feel, not what you think the punishment. It has to be a court. Supposed to be. Um, uh. There yeah. are rules, but some of them of don't even know anything about law. It's ironic. We have the jury who's totally ignorant. There's a lot of contingencies that they can bring into it. So it's not in size. Thanks, Ron, baby. Have a good week. Personal ownership is no such concept. 
in some cultures. What is in ours? No, I, I, I think, I think that that I, I think that that um, the the critical idea with free will is what we said is that is a choice of good and evil that you that everyone has wherever it may be very different for someone else. So, you know, for me to snatch someone's purse may indeed be or is indeed a a negative thing to do. But someone else it could be a positive thing to do. So it's very it's very much an individual an individual um, you know it's very much dependent on where the individual's holding. Um, but I think, getting back to the topic at hand, um, that the intellectually, through our intellectual, our cognitive and analytical abilities, we can change, we can affect, we can uh, reframe ourselves in tremendous ways. I, I think the example of free will. I think that one of the ways that we could be successful in our free will activities, or maybe even the only way we can, is if we understand intellectually that doing something wrong, doing something evil is bad, and I want to do good, and that's good, and that's beneficial, and then I'm going to get dividends for that, and that's the right thing to do. That's what Mozart's all about. Well, ironically, I'll disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Because I think, specifically, the intellectual realm is only the starting point. This is really the idea I wanted to share with you. That... Musr is about the intellectual aspects of it as well, but that's only the starting point, because there is a very big schism uh, between uh, between the intellectual and the practice and, and and the practical the practical level. It's the head and the heart. It's the head and the heart exactly. And I um, is a great a great a great piece of midrash that a lot of people don't know. Maybe some people do know, but this guy Asab or Asal, how you pronounce it, Jacob's twin brother. Yeah. Anyone knows, perchance, where he's buried? And in the cave of Machpelah? In Hebron? That's your guess? That's my guess. That's your guess. Okay, anyone has any other guesses? So the Medrash is like this, okay? It's, <coughs> it's very pertinent because it's this week's par, uh, Parsha. It's this week's Parsha's Vayichi. His, his head is in Hebron. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. His, head is his, head. his head is there. What it says is like this. What it says in the Medrash is as follows. Jacob dies in this week's parsha. They convince Joseph, convinced Pharaoh to let him go to Israel. They bring him to Israel. They bring the dead body to Israel. They're about to bury him in the Maratha Machlah in Hebron, where, where Abraham and Isaac are buried. And Asaph shows up. And he says, No, 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 it's my spot. There's one spot left. It's mine. And there's a whole, a whole fight, whatever, back and forth. And this guy, Chushim, the only son of. Dun, one of the uh, one of the one of one of the uh, one of the sons of of of, of Jacob was Dun, and his son was Chushim, and he was deaf, and he didn't know what was going on. So he says, he asked someone, "What's going on?" Right, and he says, "Asav is preventing." Asav is preventing. Jacob from being interred here because he says it's his. So Chushim takes a stick. And goes and uh, decapitates Asaph. That's what it says in the Medrash. And his head rolls into the Mars and was buried there. His head. Where's the rest of you? Huh? Where's the rest I don't know. <laughs> Good question. 
Because That's what it says. Intellect Intellectually, well, this is the idea philosophically. Intellectually, Esav was equal to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Intellectually, he was all there. But mm-hmm. the difference, we know that Esav is, is a Russia. He's a wicked person. Why? Because he didn't take the intellectual ideas and, and, and transfer, transplant them to practice to the, to the head and heart. Right? Head and heart. That that's philosophically the idea behind that behind behind that 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 midrash. So yes, Musar is about the intellectual, but that's the starting point. We have to infuse the intellectual into the practice, into the into the physical. So instead of giving a hundred dollars, we should give one dollar a hundred times. So oh, that maybe that maybe one way to do it. But I think I think an example of this is um, we know that the Rambam Maimonides wrote three major works. Correct. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mishnah Torah, Mishnah Torah and, 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 and the list of all the mitzvahs. No, Pirush Mishnayis. Oh. Pirush Mishnayis. The Ram, the, the Ram of Maimonides wrote three massive works. One of them is a Pirush commentary on the Mishnah, Guide to Perplex, which is the philosophy, and um, and and Mishnah Torah, Yad Chazaka, which is all of the oral Torah organized into 14 different books. And we know that it's that the the order or the sequence of the different ideas are um, are in the in the order of what of, of need to know, like what you need to know first. So he starts off with the, what's the first thing he writes about? You got to believe in God. You want to be Jewish, you got to believe in God. Correct? But he does not use the word to believe in God, rather to know God. And the commentators say that the Rambam Maimonides says that in Judaism we don't talk about faith, we talk about we don't talk about belief, we talk about knowing, we talk about knowledge. And he there describes, um, uh, based primarily on on Greek philosophy, and he proves how uh, in Greek philosophy how it makes sense intellectually that God exists. Right. Oh, the idea is is that Aristotle's proof. Yes. Yes. But. But the idea, the idea is, is that we um, mistakenly talk about belief in God when really we're talking about knowledge of God. You've got to know intellectually, prove it. Data. What's what? What? What can we know? What evidence is there? Um, and not to say that there's no room for faith, but I think that the, these two things are, are go together. But it has to be rooted, it has to be based upon. The intellectual, and only that could you add the, could you add the, uh, the emotional. I think uh, there are certain things in in practical Judaism where you cannot experience it before you understand it. You can experience something before you understand it. it means everything has to be rooted, almost everything has to be rooted in the intellectual, understand it, and then experience, and then practice, and then, and, you know, and then partake in it, you know, um, head to heart. First head, then heart. Give an example of that. Well, I, I, there's one, there's, I'll give the converse. Okay. There's one of them which is the opposite. I think, I think uh, the mitzvah, the commandment of, of Shabbos, of refraining from work and doing, and right, that is something which is the opposite, it's true. Where you can't understand it until you experience it. But generally, um, any, anyone, I'll give an example, I'll tell you, put me on the spot here. Um, See, I think the opposite is generally true. <laughs> More often than, than the other. I mean, I, for instance, going to your, your knowledge and your understanding of God, 
I mean, I think, I, I know I struggled as a teen with that, and until I experienced it, I couldn't understand it. I don't know if I'm backwards, but I, I think a lot of people have that similar experience. I, intellectually, I was told about God, and all I could say was, really? You know, it didn't make any sense to me. When I experienced God, then suddenly the understanding came. The problem with this, this is this is the kind, you picked up, Lori, on the controversial uh, opinion. I said a controversial opinion as a fact, and you said, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I believe that, um, in my opinion, controversial opinion alert, I think that it has to start like that, it has to start intellectually. I think in order for it to be healthy and strong, it has to start with the intellectual and then morph into the, uh, you know, into the emotional or the feelings. Um, I, I think, I'll explain why I say that, I think this is up for debate, but I, I think that if, if something, if, if, if an idea, you know, I don't know if it has to start. Let's let me say, not the timeline, but it, but it can be. Okay, it can be emotional. Okay. Okay. Oh, or maybe. Circle. You have to have some. I think you have to have some knowledge. Maybe not full understanding. Certainly, some knowledge, some foundation, some basis, to have your experience. Right. Interpret your experience. And then you come back right. and nurture and... So, I don't know which way. So, so I don't want... Let, 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 let's see what we agree upon. I don't, I don't know if it has to start from the intellectual, but it's certainly emotion devoid of intellectual, you know, foundation is not going to be successful. That, that, I think we agree. We agree. I'm not even so sure if, I'm, if I agree with myself. So. <laughs> uh, still up for debate. Yeah, still up for debate. But I, I think that, oh, thank you. But I think that it has to, if it's just, oh, I feel like this is the right way to do it. I feel like God exists. So tomorrow you can feel like God doesn't exist. And, and you're totally untethered to, uh, to, add to any emotional investment in that idea. Um, so if it's just emotional, devoid of any intellectual basis, it's very flimsy. It's not. It, it's probably not going to be. Not, it's not going to withstand the test of time because if you feel like this tomorrow, you can feel like that, and then, you know, and then, uh, and then what happens to your feelings? Your feelings could change. Um, but if if something is understood on an intellectual uh, basis, uh, then I think it's much more likely to to it's built to last. Yes. I was married for 17 years to a man who was convinced that there isn't any deity or at the very best, at the very best, you should be an agnostic. And he gave me books to read that prove this, and it demolished Aristotle's proofs, so that I knew that there's no proof. And so I tried very hard to be an agnostic, please my husband, but I couldn't do it, because I know that God is real. <laughs> Um, okay, so I, I feel like this this the class that I just that we just taught it, it doesn't really have a flow. So I want to just want to just recap, recap and show how how really these ideas are are are, are all are all connected. And what I want to do is that I, I think that it's different. I, I, we don't have to come up with strategies of how to use the intellect. Like uh, how do we become more patient people? So we can say, well, maybe uh, you know, wait five minutes before 
you sit down to watch television, wait five minutes and just relax and don't give in to your... Like, we could talk about these different practical strategies of how to, how to acquire, how to gain... Um, like you make your bracha and then you wait a moment before you take the first bite. There's different, like, different strategies. I think when it comes to intellect, when it comes to thought, it's more important to understand that this is a tool that you have to use. It means it's not, it's, not, it's not the goal, it's a tool. And it's not, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's not like we're trying to have intellect. No, we have intellect, we have the ability to have intellect, and we, it's so important because we need to use it on so many different things. It means it's, it's not the goal, it's the, it's the means. It's not the end, it's the way we get there. Um, no, not the journey, because you're spiritualizing it again, Laurie. It's not, it's not the journey, it's a tool. <laughs> this is something that we can use in so many different areas of our life. What I'm trying, to, I'm trying to impress upon everyone here, how vital, how important, how crucial it is to not, uh, to not neglect this ability, because this ability is very crucial for us. Number one, we, have, we want to have spirituality. Uh, we have we uh, if it's just feelings if it's just if it's just you know idea it just like emotions then it's probably not going to be uh, not going to be successful in the long term we have to it has to be rooted, our spirituality has to be rooted in, in, in intellectually so whether or not it has to be first what has to be first what has to be second that's 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 academic uh, what we need to know is that emotion emotional spirituality alone probably won't last just like we said if you just believe in God but you don't have any evidence you can't prove it then you're just engaged emotionally, not intellectually. Um, it's the way for us to, or one of the ways that we could use in exercising our free will, uh, not just in spiritual ways, but also, let's say, in very practical ways, like if you want to lose weight, you have to recognize that there's different forces compelling you in every way. And intellectually, you're, intellectually you say, oh, I, I want to be fit, but your instincts or the other forces are telling you other things. So your job is to, or the way you're going to be successful is if you uh, you heighten your 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 intelligence in this er- in this area. Which means if you remind yourself constantly intellectually why it's important to be fit, then what you're doing is you're strengthening that side of the equation. It'll be much easier for that side to be successful over let's have you know the instinctual of let's have let's let's have chocolate, let's have ice cream, and let's you know let's indulge. So, another example of how the power of the intellect can be used to, um, well, like I said, not the ends, but the means to uh, being successful in many, many different areas of our free will choices. Uh, Musa, we said, may start with the intellect, but obviously it's not the end goal. Um, so, the intellectual is the starting point of Musa, um, and it's very important to understand. Uh, you know, a whole array of uh, the wide, the wide array of, of different Musa pursuits that we have. They may start with the intellect, but it's not the end goal. It's ultimately it's the practice, it's the practical, it's the head and heart, like Laurie said, and it's it may be the starting point, but it's not the end. It's not the end goal. Uh, so so that's that. We have Asav. We have we know that Torah, science, the ways to conceptualize God, like we talked about last time, which was like three months ago, so probably no one remembers. Uh, but I do. You remember? Yeah. When I talked about Torah and science? Yeah. That was a, from what I, from what I remember, was a, a riveting monologue. Uh, but when I talked about Torah and science, <laughs> yeah, when I talked about Torah and science, yeah, so... <laughs> 
Yeah. I just threw it. I'm like, yeah, probably no one remembers. So like, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, you weren't here. But we got three people here who missed it. Okay, so what I was talking about, I was talking about the highest, the, the ultimate pleasure, the highest level of pleasure that one could possibly have, which I call discovery, which I said, which I described by saying, uh, this is the way Maimonides describes it in Sefer Mitzvot, Mitzvot Gimel, um, and he talks about the ultimate pleasure, which is the intellectual ecstasy of discovering God. And he says that God, we know, is infinite. You can't see God. How do you, you, you may feel it, but it's not, it's, not, it's not as concrete as, you know, how do we experience God? So he says that God and his wisdom is the same thing. And the second you experience God wisdom, you experience God. Boom. So how do we experience God wisdom? So he says that he, God implanted, so to speak, his wisdom into Torah and science. Which these are these are absolute truths. Truth. And if you have an insight, if you have a tremendous, if you have an insight in either one of these things, uh, then when you see, when you, you know, when you experience a tremendous uh, discovery in one of these two areas what you just did is you were able to experience God. So what I, what I said is like, what I said, what I was trying to how, to, how it connects to our point is that the only way to do that is intellectually. There's, the only way to do that is intellectually. So we want to have the ultimate pleasure, we're going to have to use our intellect to get us there. Yes, 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 yes. Maimonides in in the Sefer Mitzvahs, when he delineates all the mitzvahs, the third mitzvah, loving God, that's how he describes it as the ultimate pleasure. And he describes exactly how to do it, so I'll just send you there. Um, so that's that. Uh, into the, our intellect, our ability to think, cognitive, analytical um, skills that we're given, uh, is our most potent tool in many different areas of our uh, life's pursuits, uh, in our pursuit of success in our free will choices, in our pursuit in success in our spirituality, in our pursuit in success of many different areas, use it, um, how to use it, maybe for a different question after I finish, after I finish this book, I'll tell you how to use it, um, maybe. If this is the only copy except the one in the vault, Please make yourself another copy and lock it away somewhere so that if you I actually have two somewhere. copies. I have two copies of it. Um, and I made, now the truth comes out. Uh, <laughs> actually, I made four copies of it. Ah, now the truth. I made.